Welcome to the Art Grind Podcast. This is a podcast run by artists for artists, where we talk about what it means to be one. My name's Sophia Kayafis. I'm Marshall Jones. And we're here with our producer. Tony Miai. We're three artists living and working in New York City. And this is being recorded on the fly. In between our many jobs and creative endeavors, we use this podcast to ground us in a space where there are so many ways to lose yourself. So join us. We have real conversations with artists we admire on the Art Grind. Welcome to Art Grind Podcast. <laughs> this is a take two with the great Mario Robinson because half of that interview got lost. So we're taking it again. And uh, here with Sophia Kayafis. Hello. Mario Robinson, myself, yes, yes. I'm Marshall Jones. And so, but we, before you got here, Sophia and I were talking about what an excellent draftsman you are. Uh, and just oh. like stellar drawing. Thank you. And there were three three words that came to my mind about your drawing. Mm-hmm. Discipline, restraint, Ooh. and I could see perseverance in them too. And do you, do you feel like those are things you gained from your experience in the military? Uh, well, I think it aided uh, my discipline. Uh like being in the talented and gifted program, which was mostly me going from grade school to high school for a period, and I was kind of like the only one in there from like sixth grade to the time I went to high school. Mm-hmm. Um, I was obsessed with uh, with drawing. Yeah, I didn't even try to paint anything until um, college, so it was it was just, just drawing. A, it was just drawing, um, and my. Well, so that's a gift in itself. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm always thinking about uh, the line between talent or privilege or advantages Mm -hmm. or perseverance. It seems like sort of all roads can lead to Mecca in a way. Yes. So you had, it sounds like you had a gift in that way of being dedicated, but now your drawings are so Spot on. Would you say you were fairly talented as a kid too? Fairly. Um, I always had like an outsider mentality mm-hmm. to um, to skill. Um, growing up, we had this neighbor uh, in Oklahoma. His name was Michael Bush, and he would draw like Volkswagens, uh, airplanes from okay. memory, and I would just watch him do it. I never thought that I could do that. Mm-hmm. Um, so when I kind of discovered in fifth grade that I could do it. It was like, now I'm a magician. Like, he was the only <laughs> magician I had seen. Uh-huh. You know, and he was pulling back the curtain for me. Um, and now I'm, I'm literally behind the curtain and, and seeing how magic is, is working. Mm-hmm. Um, and just, like you said, dedicated myself to perfecting this, this thing that's kind of raw. Hmm. And I was telling Marshall, you know, it seems like even now when I look at your your work, it feels like it's so tethered to the this child in you that mm. loved people and yeah. wanted to talk about relationship mm-hmm. and what it meant to be in relationship. And um, I don't know, you really feel that connection. Do you feel like when you paint portraits, you're painting a a relationship with someone definitely um that's a good word relationship it's it's a relationship not only to the people um in my family and the friends that that 
that's around me, but a relationship to the community. Um, I grew up in the church. Mm. I was like an usher. I was a church drummer. Um, so we were at church at least a couple of days a week. Mm-hmm. Um, so you had to be kind of like a, a people person. You had to be social. Mm-hmm. Um, and I knew these people's stories. Um, my stepdad was the pastor of the church, so we would go to almost everybody's funeral. Mm-hmm. I sat through countless weddings. Uh, <laughs> so I did the homework at, at, at church. Mm-hmm. So what you're seeing is like when you when you talk about relationship, and connectivity. Uh, I'm not just drawing faces, just heads floating on backgrounds that are pretty much vapid and empty. I'm trying <laughs> to a lot of, into There's that. a lot of people doing that. Yeah, because that's the... We'll, we'll get on that later, I'm sure. <laughs> but I'm trying to bring you into this, this world. And I can't bring you into a world if I'm only giving you um, little bitty snapshots, like Which, ID photos. Yeah, I don't mean to interrupt you, but I think sure. that's part of what I'm saying about you're such a great drawer. And I think people forget that great drawing is an image in totality, mm-hmm. not just a nose that fits a face. Do you mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? It's like getting the whole thing. Like, well, we were talking about Andrew Wyeth, who I know you like earlier, too. Just like he was so great just because he composed so beautifully. Mm-hmm. And all that's drawing, too, mm-hmm. you know. Absolutely. And compositions. Um, are a big part of his game. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And you can see the studies. You can see his mind working. <laughs> it's mm-hmm. amazing. I, I went to, uh, just not to get off the subject, but I'm really good friends with uh, Vicki Wyeth. Mm. So I went to her Halloween party as, as Pharaoh. And, uh, as who? As uh, a Pharaoh. Oh, a Pharaoh. So if you see my Instagram, you'll <laughs> just go back to October 2018. <laughs> I'm, I'm the Pharaoh. But she's got like at least 30 or 40 of them in her hallway. Um, in wow. Her living room, and a lot of studies. And you can see when you're able to spend that much intimate time, and it's not a museum, and they're all there clustered. You can see his mind at work, especially yeah. when you know the major works that, um, come from some of the sketches that she has. Wow. Um, you, can, you can see it. What did Man. you notice about that? What did, um, you, what did you learn about the, him? The nervous energy that his hand has. Um, he's not trying to um, replicate a photo. Mm-hmm. And being in this, this realist world now, um, there, there, there's so many stagnant drawings. Uh-huh. Um, and it's almost like, look at me. And it's, it's trying to I think it's 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 vanity. Yeah. But when you that's look right. at his sketches, vanity. there's more honesty in it because yeah. he's trying to get somewhere yeah. after those drawings. It's not about just that being a, a thing. Oh man, I think that's so important. It's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. I, it, Process. It, like if you look close at say the grass on that one with the boots or whatever, mm-hmm. it's like it's it's almost is like a pollock, you know, it's like all spread out and mm-hmm. like kind of mm-hmm. in and you yeah. can tell he's like even flinging a little paint around oh yeah oh yeah so he's, reverent to the yeah the subject to the experience he says he wants to go all the way through the subject huh. and not just see it on 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 the surface or face value he's trying to really get to the soul that's an overword used word these days but he is trying to get to the soul hmm. of the person or the place huh. um so to answer your question i am more interested in uh delivering um, to the public uh, 
more of a background um, of the person um, in totality rather than look at me, I can draw a paint. Mm-hmm. And that's what I, I hope comes across. They feel well, this- whole. They feel whole. And you Thank don't you. even have to know who those people are. You, but you, you feel their, their integrity. Oh, I and hope you so. are processing that. I hope so. Cause that's ultimately, I, I can't say that's what it should be about, but for me, that's what it's about. Some people do want to show how technically adept they are and that's their brand. But so many people are so technically adept. It's almost, especially today, it's almost like a cheap, a cheap skill to have in a way like it's going through the image like you're you're doing and like why it does there's something really special that you can't just like go to school and come out with you, you have know? to be sincere yeah. to do that yeah hopefully you have to be sincere i think and you're to running really a look. big risk because you are lining up um you're in a you're in a long line when it comes to that um borderline photorealistic uh, style mm-hmm. you're just mm-hmm. another yeah voice in the crowd what makes you what makes you stand out this is a clumsy question but i'm I'm interested in it like in that you know there's a hundred thousand people painting a head well what do you yeah. what do you think makes you stand out uh i think stupidity it's naivete <laughs> going into it when I first really came out in 1990, uh, I want to say 97. Um, I was painting these African Americans from Alabama when my mom moved. I was down there with her for a couple of years and I was painting these rural subjects and um, really pushing it on people. I was uh-huh. painting these huge pastels and, and uh, didn't know any better and didn't really. At that time, the internet wasn't up and running, and I would see magazines, and I, I didn't click. It wasn't like a a, a hero kind of complex, but like I'm going to introduce something that's not out there. But I was too stupid to say, it's all that marketable. Hmm. Dean Mitchell was out there, but he was doing some African-Americans, and then he was doing a lot of architecture, hmm. uh, New Orleans balconies and things like that. Um, almost as a battering ram to get into the industry. But I just stridently just kept doing these people. Mm-hmm. And ultimately, it became a thing. Um, so when I stayed stupidity and naivete, it was almost like um, I could have taken a safe way and done something different, but hmm. it wouldn't have felt honest. It was just everything I knew. Like when I talk about the church experience, that's what I knew. And that's what um, interests me. Not from artistic is um, your heart point was. of view. Yeah. These are people I knew. Like when I, I told you um, the story about my grandmother uh, sitting and drawing, painting her in the nursing home was just the thing to do. Mm-hmm. I don't really care if nobody else is doing it because um, I wasn't really aware of what everybody was doing thankfully which is so different now you mm-hmm. know if someone sneezes 
in Paris. <laughs> they want you to see about it. Hashtag. <laughs> Sex news. Uh, so I didn't know. And I, I'm sure I'm not the only person um, that had the freedom to just explore their own ideas without a lot of the peer pressure um, and the group mentality that we have now. Yeah, I wonder, too, if why your hand isn't so beautiful to me is because you didn't have some of the trappings of more formulaic schools. I've too, heard that, that before. Just, yeah? Yeah, I've heard that before. It seems real. I mean, it seems pretty obvious to me. Like, it's some, it doesn't look like you went through a filter and learned how to do that, you know, yeah. come out on the other side. Yeah, uh, I always use that term in my workshops when I'm like giving intros and talking about my style um, I use the term for better or for worse because now it, some people are gravitated to it but it's my style for mm-hmm. better or for worse whether a trained eye looks at it and says that's not a window shade right, you didn't right, use an right. envelope yeah yeah so yeah. it's my it's my thing uh-huh. um, whether <laughs> whether everybody loves it or everybody hates it I'm too old to, to change it yeah you're lucky in that way. You're lucky for the, how you came upon it. Yeah. yeah. But it wasn't, I mean, I think it, it's, it was an indirect path that isn't easy. Yeah. And, but you're, in a way, on the other side, it seems fortunate to have had it. Yeah. I, and I think, to Sophia's point, making it about the, the, the person, um, I, I'm not bombarding you with a lot of um technique like technique that really distracts from what you're really supposed to see in my work hmm. um it's not stopping you with the door like he turned the hell out of that form right 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 i mean but i'm um, i'm giving you enough where you can kind of appreciate the person and um who and what they are rather than making it about me it's kind of like you're 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 meeting the sitter halfway in a way you know like yeah. there's there's something about you and the subject meeting halfway that makes the art you know hopefully like when i'm doing self portraits i um intentionally downplay the the technical aspect hmm. um and simplify certain certain things because I do have a unique story and I think when I think we all draw or paint ourselves um, it's kind of intimidating mm-hmm. um, so I want those aspects that vulnerability to come out rather than you know f- fancy watercolor techniques mm. so, so I kind of dumb it down a little bit and these are all things that um, I've backed into it's nothing I can't sit here and say I know exactly what I'm doing there is when you're working, you give your work what it needs. Huh. Huh. That's a great, that's a great way of saying it. <laughs> yeah. It's like, you don't feed a baby a full on T-bone steak. You know what baby needs. <laughs> baby food and breast milk. Uh-huh. So when I'm doing the work, I, I don't just storm in there with these um, very rigid um, working properties. Well, so what is that? Is that a, just an in the moment reaction to give it what it needs? Yeah, and, it, and that's the rush. That's the thrill. Um, being in the studio or or out on the on the beach painting, it's it's new every time. Mm-hmm. Um, when I was younger, I I didn't really have those gears. I think we all just 
try to make something look like something and we're stumbling through it uh-huh. um, and kind of impressed with ourselves because everything's just oh my god <laughs> <laughs> look at this yeah. <laughs> Mona Lisa <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> but as you get older you're humble enough to know that you you can you can you can be better especially when, when you look at your older work you're like oh my god I really thought that was really good uh-huh. um, so uh-huh. so I'm humble enough to go to the next thing and approach it and really be alive in the moment huh. um, and have all my sensories everything just really my nerve endings are so raw when I'm painting huh. or drawing huh. were you painting today? Uh, no I was trying to get my iPad fixed for two hours at Best Buy. Oh, the worst. Because <laughs> <laughs> I knew I was going to be talking to you guys. And it was my I, life. I, I was, yeah, I was just trying to just kind of woosah and just kind of like just do that. And I thought it was going to be 20 minutes. and then, uh, But it turned into a thing. Yeah, I haven't painted in about a week. Oh, really? Yeah, life's taken over, you know. Um, How does that feel when you don't paint for a week? Oh, man, it's... It, it's really the longest, I think, other than workshop situations. And I don't want to sound like a trust fund baby, but it's it's brutal. Yeah. 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 It's it gets pretty it's itchy, all you think right? about. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Normally I don't have to think about it because I'm painting. Uh-huh. It's like being in like a long distance relationship. Like when you have the person there, you Netflix and chilling, you don't think like, ah. Oh, Love you, <laughs> but if you're away for like a whole week and you really love that person, uh, that's all you're thinking about. Yeah, and it's uh-huh. distracting. Oh yep. God. Yeah. Yeah. What is that about us in art? Is that? Do you think that's a healthy compulsion, or do you, what do you think that is? I think it can be healthy if you check it. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know about, I don't know if any compulsion is healthy. <laughs> I think that's a double. <laughs> I mean, but it, um, I think it's drive. And if you are, um, again, if you're humble and you're not like your biggest fan, you want to get to the next one uh-huh. and, and improve. Yeah. Um, and it's not about flooding the streets with a lot of work. It's, it's about, wow, that felt, that felt so good. Now it's over. I want to do it again. Uh-huh. Um, and I, I think that's what separates us from people that don't have a, a passion because it's not a job. Yeah, it's not a job. It's not a job. Yeah, it's a. It, it can be a career, but it's vocation. not a. It's a wow. Like I should blinked hard <laughs> and came up with that gym. It's a vocation. It's that a word calling. Comes out of the church. Of sorts. Yeah. 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 For sure. Yeah. Church. No, I church have to read you guys church. something. Please I do indulge me because the way she just delivered that was <laughs> golden. It's a vocation. It's deeper than a job. It's you deeper. Know? It's, yeah. it's so much deeper. <laughs> My uncle is a priest, and he actually lives in New Zealand. Sometimes I talk to him about stuff. But he said something so beautiful to me about art. He dropped a dime. And I, I it just made me cry <laughs> when I read it. Anyway, let me read this too. God is the most beautiful reality there is. In Greek, we call him pankalos. We also call him poetis, poet, meaning creator, but with the added meaning of beauty. He creates beautiful things. Artists adore God's creation. It inspires them. And if they're bold, they try to imitate him by creating from nothing. But the most bold... The humble realize that everything we can create began with the palette of creation, and we can't escape our createdness except through the Holy Spirit. 
So artists, it seems to me, are the priests and sages of our time. They seek to transfigure the fallen into the sublime, the dirt and clay into light and breath. Hmm. That's just like a one-off text that he sent me at probably one in the morning before he went to church. (laughs) (laughs) Father Paul. (laughs) My God. It, It makes me think that like... I, I'm not as religious or religious at all, yes. but I do read a lot of philosophy. Yes. And Hegel says, God is just a system of relationships. Mm. And I like, so you could replace that almost with relationships, just like, Jeez. you know what I'm saying? Like a great painting. If you're chasing God in your work, you're just chasing beautiful relationships. That and, is. You know? Oh, these words. <laughs> And I was reading something to you last time we met. I was reading this book by this saint, and he said something like, when you, when you see yourself humbly, when you finally look at yourself with humility, that's when others can truly see your worth. Mm-hmm. You can, and you can feel it without people even saying anything. Um, humility is, 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 I think people mistake it for weakness. You're not lowering mm-hmm. yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, you you are actually really being realistic and mm. seeing yourself in a true light. Yes. Um, and you can be great and be humble at the same time. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. It's a gift. Mm. Realizing that it's a gift. You can be very proud of your gift um, and celebrate yourself without being like hard to be around. And I think what you're saying right there is so important because it's the road to improvement. Mm-hmm. Like, I think, I think, I know a lot of religions caution against like pride and arrogance. And I see that as not the confidence that says, look, I'm a really good drawer. Mm-hmm. I could get bad. It's just a reasonable like assessment of your skills. Mm-hmm. And with that, would say, your limitations are in that mix too. Mm-hmm. And I think a prideful person is, there's a fear involved in it. Definitely. That's, that's like um, someone who is prideful, that type that kind of in a way lacks self confidence. If they're a runner, they're going to be running more or less around people that they can beat to keep feeding that ego mm-hmm. and someone, even if they're great at running and they have, they could say I'm a great runner, but a healthy self-esteem that isn't rooted in ego is going to look to be challenged constantly and great go point. around better and better great runners. Point. Great point. And, and that word fear, it's almost like if I acknowledge Sophia's greatness in my mind, that somehow diminishes me so I can never acknowledge how great any of this is. I gotta uh, keep it on me. That's right. That's um, right. It's so it's so unhealthy. That's so unhealthy and limiting. It's <laughs> <laughs> so bad for you. She just rolled her eyes like Whoa. Yeah, and if we're talking about spi- that's a spiritual killer. Yeah. Because yeah. you're so vulnerable. You can only see yourself. Yeah. yeah. And your your ego like if your ego dies, you're done. You know what I'm saying? 
And mm-hmm. it's going to at some point. Because mm-hmm. you know the truth. <laughs> you know the truth. You know the truth. How you yeah. stack up and how you measure. Yeah. Um, and, but you're holding on so tight. Oof. It's like, don't look over there. Yeah, exactly. Focus on over here. Don't, don't look over look there. At that. <laughs> yeah, even, yes. De- yeah. Uh-huh. It oh, seems man. like the ego has this ability to trick us into thinking that we're capable of perfection and also incapable of error like we can't we can't we can't fail mm-hmm. we can only we can only you're describing instagram that. you're you're describing yeah. social media yeah. uh-huh. i can't put any foibles up or or vulnerable moments right or having coffee in my bathrobe yeah i can only show highlights uh-huh. um and uh that's a danger. It's a danger. I think we're, I feel like, I mean, I'm saying I'm not a spiritual person, but I feel like we're so spiritually dead right now mm-hmm. from all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like people are presenting false narratives and they're not growing because of that. Mm-mm. And it's just. And then followers can never uh, match up to it. Like, if you really want to feel ugly, just start scrolling and scrolling if you're a, a person that has self-esteem issues right everybody's so perfect everybody's got the perfect lighting yeah and you're like oh i'm disgusting yeah and sometimes i find i mean yeah. you guys may disagree with me on this it could just be boredom of images but i'm not on instagram much but i go on and i know people who have been on for a bunch of years mm-hmm. and i'm like they're getting worse mm. do, you, do you guys see that i had this discussion with a close friend that runs a school in our area (laughs) 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 will remain nameless but everybody knows and he's like Mario I I thought it was only me that just scroll 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 and and, Uh and it gets more and more empty it's empty Uh, it's so empty so I'm wondering if it's me viewing it as empty or the work is getting worse because everybody's presenting those sort of ego shells it's not it's you're seeing the decay of it or something and they're digging they're they're you got to feed the beast. You got to feed so it. So you have yeah. to post. So you're digging for work like 20-year-old work. Uh-huh. Yeah, exactly. You're like, oh, my God. I got to have them painted. I got to put something out there. So you, you, they might be growing, but you're not seeing it because they're putting, they're just putting everything up there. Uh-huh. And, and, and the goal of Instagram was to kind of like get people to put instantaneous pictures up. But yeah. it's become a marketing tool. So it's... It's it's I I worry about the effect that it has on our world. Oh me too. I think it's colossal. I yeah. think it's a I think it makes us not ask good questions. It's almost uh, like what, how to ask a good question. What came anymore. first, the chicken or the egg? Like are you creating for Instagram right. for followers? Or are you really like soul searching? And mm-hmm. I, I don't want this to come off preachy because I don't even have the answers. Um, but like you said, when people aren't, aren't growing, people are just doing, um, and we all can be guilty of it if we don't check ourselves. Mm -hmm. Um, but some, I can see some people having that kind of almost being bit by stardom yeah, because the amount of followers they're amassing and it's weird. Yeah, it's weird. It's really weird. It's weird. I don't really go on it, and I'll do a 
so many, so much work I don't post because I re- I realize I just don't. I mean, I don't mind scrolling through, but there's something about engaging with it that I don't think is healthy for any of us, really. And I've tried no. to withdraw myself and still keep some professional semblance on it, you know, but basically, I mean, I've had other friends post where I'm just like, just do like, I don't want to, I don't want anything mm-hmm. to do with it, you know, that's, and that's the trap because I was about five months ago, six months, maybe, um, thinking about getting off of it totally. Mm-hmm. But then from a business perspective, that's I can't it. qualify how much can't quantify how much it's actually doing for me, like when I got my book deal, when I got my um, um, deal with Windsor Newton, these were questions that were asked of me. How many Twitter how followers? Many, how how many, many? And if you put zero, I'm not on it. It's like, oh, there goes the free advertisement. Yeah, no doubt. I know. I know, so man. It's, a tra- <laughs> it's literally a, 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 a prison. Yeah, it's a prison. For a person like myself or or you that wants to market yourself mm-hmm. it actually now matters mm-hmm. it not only matters to be on it it matters how successful you are at amassing uh, a group of people mm-hmm. that Ridiculous. might buy something mm-hmm. so oh I remember God. from the last episode some really great informative stories and mm-hmm. we could just repeat some of them I mean I remember okay. the one about you um, in your school experience and how your elementary teacher took a shine to you as an artist mm-hmm. and you were you were like drawing and painting in in a room essentially with just you and her correct mm-hmm. and, mm-hmm. and I remember well you tell it in your own words but that you were drawing something that seemed really uh, relevant to me uh you talking about the president? Yeah, that's it. Okay, so that's how yeah, that's how it kicked off. That's how it started. So in fifth grade, um, actually my homeroom teacher, a wonderful German teacher, Mrs. Mitchell, put us all to work for an open house, and uh, me and my friend Rob Campbell were um, assigned the task of drawing presidents. Uh, and she was gonna hang them in the hallway, and she, we had these posters, these color posters with like quotes on them. So she put a stack of them there and Rob's just hacking away he was like a football player so he's hacking away with a big pen and she comes over so politely with this German accent I'm not even gonna do the accent but (laughs) but and I'm drawing in pencil and she's like Rob let's let Mario finish this I have something else for you to do um so I drew like 20 presidents started with George Washington went to Lincoln I was all over the place um I didn't know that I could do it because she didn't choose me because I could draw. I'd never drawn. Mm-hmm. Um, ever. And she's like, whoa. Um, yeah, so you had real talent. Yeah, I was just I was just trying to follow it. You know, there's an eye, okay. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, and just, and then each one would get more intriguing. It wasn't that, it was like this this shining moment, like this epiphany. It was more of, all right, I got that one done. I'm gonna I'm gonna do another one. Mm-hmm. And I can see it in my in my in my head so clearly mm-hmm. um, how that light went on. It's like I can do something because before that, 
I was like, man, I'm bad at sports. I'm disappointing my stepdad. He wants to be a coach <laughs> in football from Pop Warner. I'm on the sideline with this huge helmet on with these shoulder pads crooked. Man. And I'm like, such a disappointment. You're lucky to play that. That's man. very true. Very Come true. On. Very true, man. <laughs> um, so I was. I just remember thinking I could fill my time and, and actually do something. And, you know, people aren't super disappointed. Mm-hmm. Um, so then they told my teacher... Uh, the high school art teacher, Mrs. Elvinger, after they had the open house, everything was on the walls, um, come look. And uh, she was like, okay. Um, <laughs> there's a talented gifted program. Why don't you send him over? And I thought oh, it was a real so program. <laughs> um, I, I, I got there. And uh, at first it was during study halls for the high school students. And she would put me over there on the side. This is mm-hmm. the next year in sixth grade. Um it's got too disruptive. They're, 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 they got spitballs going on. They're throwing papers. Uh-huh. I just couldn't focus. Um, so then it just evolved into me coming over for a period myself with Mrs. Elvinger and uh, working on stuff. Um, and I would help her with like projects in the hallway for like pet rallies mm. and stuff like that. And so that was kind of slippery slope because we became more like colleagues. Okay. Then okay. that relationship of teacher and uh, student. So, like, she was working on, like, watercolor, like, landscapes. I distinctly remember her being at her desk, and I'd be over there drawing myself and taking a break. And I'd walk up, like, I don't know about that one. <laughs> and in her mind, she seemed really old to me, but she was, she was probably in her 30s. Probably had to be thinking... <laughs> Get away from me. <laughs> so so you, I, had, I actually had to start checking some of that um, arrogance. Huh. huh. Yeah. Yeah, because there was a an adjoining art class, um, and there was a male teacher, and he could see the relationship changing. Um, he would tell me, you know, like, help some of the other students when you're, at that time, um, the high school students, my grade uh, had caught up and he's like help help them don't be so you know be so much of an island and I remember thinking to myself I'm not a teacher though hmm. Hmm. Um, and that's how I actually got into Pratt Institute because Pratt was Miss Elvinger's dream school oh, okay. um, I, I'd never heard of Pratt I didn't know anything about art education um, and she asked my parents can I you know take him to Portfolio Day in Brooklyn which is weird now looking back on it yeah um, but she really uh, I think that initial view of my talent at the uh, open house kind of struck her. Wow. Yeah. And I love it that you were drawing presidents. There's something that seems like, you know, of course, the portraiture is a link, but also the Americana of it all is a link. Mm-hmm. It just seems like so relevant to, yeah. to your work. Yeah. She would have artist magazine there and. Um, oh, that's great. Yeah, yeah. I remember the old logo. <laughs> yeah, she would have that, and she had, like, Norma Rockwell uh, books. And so I would go to the library after school and look look it up and <sighs> sit there and check out books. And Norma Rockwell was one of my earliest uh, influences. So that Americana thing, I, I have her to thank because it just made so much sense to me. Right. The way it was portrayed and the way I was able to understand the imagery and um, you were living in new jersey right in a, yes in a, a beach town this is keyport yes okay yes we could literally look across the bay and see new york we could we could see 
cars going over the Verrazano, we could see oh, wow. the World Trade Center okay. um, on a clear day. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Wow. It's Keyport, New Jersey. Yeah. I just wanted to, I, I think you already answered this before, but mm-hmm. as you're starting to like gain momentum with your artistic development mm-hmm. in middle school and then high school, and then what's, what's going on with your support from your family, and how does that change as you, you know, mature? Can you take us through that? Sure. Yeah. Um, I think they thought I was going to grow out of it. Um, there was a, there was hoped. a point. Oh, they were wishing and praying like this is this is obnoxious. Yeah. Um, They're probably scared of your future, you know. Of course, in a loving way, because mm-hmm. thankfully, Miss Elvinger was really active in um, making sure that I participated in local art shows and um i won a few and my family was forced to come to a couple of the you know they would have all the art out there they were judging it at, <laughs> at this church down the street from us mm-hmm. this is my big moment i'm i'm dressed up Aww. i got a bomber white bomber jacket on and <laughs> a black hat my sister still makes fun of me about this picture but they all my sister's there with her doll baby um <laughs> so so it's it was it was just like this is a this is a hobby. This is a, a pursuit that a, that a kid in in high school is involved in. Let's let's support it. Mm-hmm. But there is no thought in anyone's mind that this is going to go on to adulthood. Mm-hmm. That this is going to be economically viable enough right. where he's just still going to be doing it as a middle aged man. Yeah. Uh huh. I probably didn't even think that. Uh huh. Um, so they were. Not shooting it down, they would come to the the shows or tell me it looked good when I did it. But mm-hmm. they reached a point when I got older where the rub was just a little bit more aggressive. Mm. I would have to like in the summers. It's a long story, but my mom uh, didn't live with us. She lived in a town called Freehold, which is thirty minutes away, and they would pick us up on the weekends, like for church and stuff, because um, the school system was much better in Keyport. Oh, okay. Uh, so in the summers, we would stay with them. So here I am. I have this this creepy art thing that I would do freely in Keyport. But then on the weekends, um, I'm drawing at the house. So it was a it was a rub because they weren't used to it. Hmm. So I would have to sneak and draw at the library downtown. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. They knew me intimately. The uh, the, uh, the the librarians. I literally would sit at the table, and there was like a window for the lady that ran it and she would just look out I'd have a stack of magazines and and you snuck it basically yeah I had this like burgundy like paper kind of like portfolio that I would take to the library uh, because I didn't want them walking in on me or um, coming home from work and seeing me drawing because it was it was just like a lazy pursuit that's a link that we had you and I I had to sneak it from my family and part of it was I was quite young and had access to go to like nude figure drawing classes. Mm. And I remember thinking my parents would flip out if they knew what I was doing. Mm-hmm. So just like, cause they were hyper religious and mm-hmm. just like making excuses like a, like a drug addict or mm-hmm. something mm-hmm. and hiding things and stuff like that. It was really intense. And looking back, it's just some weird, bizarre compulsion for a kid to have. Like why, why was I why was I so 
dead set on just doing this stuff. They probably you know? would have preferred drugs because yeah, you can actually right? treat that. That that's <laughs> such a good thing. You know, like a center or something. Yeah, because you can't be a professional drug addict, right? So this. Yeah. <laughs> That's such a great point. That'll phase out. That'll phase itself out. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's going to be a crossroad at some point. What's a little weed going to do? a little weed going to do? But you're trying to sell yourself, prop uh-huh. yourself as some kind of a professional artist. Yeah. Okay. Makes no sense. Makes no sense. At that sense. time to anybody. It made no sense to me either. That's what's so weird. And maybe, because you slipped that in too, I probably didn't think I would either, like be a professional artist in middle age i never saw any future in it it was just like i gotta do this thing and just like this is what i'll do how many artists did you know growing up i didn't know any none and they were all super weird too (laughs) (laughs) the ones i knew i didn't like at all and i just hang out with them because they could show me tricks you know (laughs) so it's like that's that's what i don't want to be in life yeah exactly i don't want to be this but i need you so badly Please be my friend. You're my people. Just show that. me how to do this thing. I so want to be like you, but not everything. I would tweak a few things. I do. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but that's, that's, yeah. But people in other professions don't have to stoop to that. Oh, man. It's such a weird thing we deal with, right? Yeah. Yeah. Such a weird thing. And I think thing. I was talking to a, an artist that, um, you know, was kind of lamenting the whole career choice not making a lot of money or this or that and you know so many people are doing it because of social media it shows you that a lot of people are artists mm-hmm. but I, I described it as maybe like focusing on yourself your journey maybe like living in a silo a little bit um, because there are a lot of doctors in this world there are a lot of lawyers there are a lot of bus drivers so mm-hmm. no one wakes up and says that there's enough of those but since we're so we're freelancers um, and we're forging our own path, um, we do have to kind of push ourselves on people. And it's mm-hmm. almost like, why should I try when other people are all day, every day, selling to people, spending more time drawing and painting? How do I make my mark? But mm-hmm. I think, you know, turning it more to a personal thing, um, because you can be disillusioned. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Because it's it is a weird uh, profession. It's a weird thing to try to succeed at. Right. Um, yes. But you have to really just. I like what you said. It it is a vocation. It's a calling. Mm-hmm. So as much as it it won't leave you or alone. Or it's a monkey on your back. <laughs> Depending on who you are. Yeah, because if you if you are trying to constantly get out of it uh-huh. <laughs> and not see the real value in it you shouldn't have to go all the way to Italy on vacation to realize that this, that it's important mm-hmm. you should dig deep and reach within yourself and realize that this is necessary and important it's not just you trying to keep this weird kind of war going on between your family and or, re, or people in society this is serious mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and necessary like you know, we, we went into a little bit about the emotional aspects and the support, but even like the, the financial aspects led you to the military, correct? Like mm-hmm. just being, I grew, I grew up quite, quite poor too. And I, I, it's like, it didn't feel like art was a option. You didn't know anybody doing it. And mm-hmm. it felt like 
it was more important to survive before any kind of pie in the sky. Sure, <laughs> like sure. And the fact the fact that like what we just talked about, um, most people have to supplement their artistic pursuits with gainful employment uh-huh. still, uh-huh. Um, because that's that's what society that's what life is like in America Mm -hmm. Um, the infrastructure um, I mean because it's not for lack of work or promoting these people like Instagram and Facebook they're using whatever outlets um, are afforded to them Mm -hmm. um, to do their best to advertise but there's you're not on TV you're not in movies it's 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 tough work Mm -hmm. so um it wasn't an economic thing to go into the army. My mom just, um, she set us all down one day. And I talk about this in my book in the intro. Um, what are you going to do when you get out of high school? My sister's like, I want to be an engineer. Um, my other sister was too young. Got to me. I was like, <laughs> you haven't seen what I've been doing for the last seven years. <laughs> look at this president, <laughs> Andrew. Look, look at his body of work. <laughs> This should be apparent to everybody in the room. Like yeah, look at my portfolio. Let's go through it together right now. Let's go page have by you, page. Have you ever seen a better Millard Fillmore than I'm this? I'm killing it. Are you kidding? Look at the ribbons in the room. Like, I'm. Come on. Taft? Nobody draws a Taft like me. Come on. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Exactly. How do we get into Grover Cleveland? Exactly. It's literally like a White House collection in there. Like, so she was like. Uh, I was like, I want to go to art school, and I want to go to art school in New York, uh, you know, because Miss Elvinger mentioned Pratt, mm-hmm. and they were like, she was like, no, and I remember distinctly, yeah, her face, and then she was like, this is a statement that lives with me, and she's like, you know, there's a lot of competition out there, um, and I was like, yeah, ma, I think I got something, mm-hmm. and she was like, Okay, you don't know what a lot of competition means, clearly. Uh, no. <laughs> oh, like, that's brutal. That's yeah, she was sitting like this. From the mom. Yeah, she was like, no. Brutal. In front of my siblings and stepdad, she was like, no. I was like, you don't know what competition is, she said. Damn. I know. Then Damn. I became the competition, which is very ironic. Uh-huh. <laughs> I'm that person that that boogeyman that she's talking about that other people are actually now coming into the industry and facing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And there's uh-huh. nothing to fear. Uh-huh. The, the more the merrier. Bring uh-huh. <laughs> um, on. Yeah, please be an artist. Um, but she was painting the industry and an art career as, you know, you can't make it. They're gonna Damn. shoot you down. You, <laughs> you're nothing. Mm. Um, so then um, I was like, all right. She was like, just take the ASVAB test, which is the entry uh, test um, to be a civil servant, uh, which is what she was doing. Um, and I was like, eh, I don't like being in the office. So you can also take the ASVAB to see what your aptitude is to go into the Army. Mm-hmm. Uh, so a recruiter came into the lunchroom, long story short, and he was like, I see you drawing, because I was drawing in the lunchroom, of course. Um, he's like, what you want to do with your life and I'm like I want to be an artist he's like you can do art in the army hmm. I was like you say it ain't so <laughs> <laughs> so he's like I tell you what after school why don't you come down to the recruiter's office it's only like six blocks I knew where it was and he's like 
I'll show you a list and you, you pick something um, and we'll go from there. So I'm down there and I see communications because that looks like the only thing that I can pretty much keep down on my stomach on this list. <laughs> so he's like, yeah, you can parlay that into art. I'm like, okay. Uh, so I signed up right there. And then after the um, school year was up, uh, after the summer, they pull a Chrysler or Powder Blue Reliant K to the house. Nobody, because we were in Keyport, my grandmother was asleep upstairs. Nobody's around. It was dark. Go out there and get into it. And they take me to Newark, um, what's called a MEPS building. We got this big yellow line. There's about eight of us. Uh, and they're like, you swear to protect the, the Constitution, blah, 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 blah. And they say, once you step over this line, you're officially the property of the U.S. Armed Forces. So think about it. And I was like, there's no way I cannot cross this line and go back home. Uh-huh. I've officially <laughs> crossed it. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, you cross it because it's a very black and white kind of thing. You cross it. Um, from there, went to uh, Fort Jackson, South Carolina. Um, were you the, were you in the army during wartime? Uh, no, I got out right before Desert Storm. Okay, which was 1991. 91. And they were talking about um, we always. It's a good career, mm-hmm. um, so they were talking about reenlisting and stuff, and I was like, I kind of got this scholarship going at an art school. Um, I'm gonna pass. Okay. And uh, no, another summer passed, and went to went to Pratt. What did your mom think about that then? Oh God, give it up! Like, I would have thought you would have quit. Come on, it's not over. This Man. thing is still going on. But it was such a moment last year. Me and my mom went to see one of her friends, and I hope this is not boring people. But this is my no. journey. This is beautiful. Um, so we're out in Alabama, and we go see one of her friends, uh, older lady, and we're talking. And then I said, before we go home, can I stop at Barnes & Noble? Uh, she's like, yeah, I know you weirdo. You like to do that kind of stuff. <laughs> I was like, I'll get a coffee and look through some magazines. She's like, okay. So we're walking and walking, and we walk back to the book section, right? And uh, she's just walking behind. She's probably rolling her eyes. Um, and... Uh, I look down, I'm like, lessons in realistic watercolor. Let's see. Here it is. I handed it to her. It took her a second. <laughs> and my cell portrait's on the cover. She recognized it. And then oh she looked God. at the name. She's like, oh, my God. And she just tears. Did she? Yeah. I took I took pictures and I was going to post it. But, like, that's kind of a private, mm, really super private yeah, moment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's for uh, you. She, she couldn't hold it. She was just literally like, so I was like, well, I got to take it to pay for it. She, nope. She held it all the way to the cash rat. Oh and my I snatched god! Snatched it from her, and she's. I got a coffee first, and uh, she's still holding it. So then we went to the cash rat, and I pulled it out of her hands, and I could feel her wanting. Uh, and I'm like, "Go ahead, tell her." My son <laughs> wrote that book. Uh, <laughs> so beautiful. I birthed him. I used to see him draw, and like. Now you're, you're putting too much on it now. <laughs> now she's taking credit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you dream killer. <laughs> Get back in your role. <laughs> I 
I'm not going to allow you to do this in the middle of the store. You're the biggest hurdle for me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. You're my biggest. Yeah. Yeah. Even in the acknowledgments in the book, um, I thank her for her tough love. That's her thank you in the book. Uh, and that, that pushes you. You need that kind of rub. You need that adversity. Um, yeah. Because if I would have had someone telling me how great I am in getting participation awards, I wouldn't have tried as hard. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She pushed me in, into that obsessive, like, okay, so there is a lot of competition. You don't believe in it. Um, I guess I have, you have to be great. Mm-hmm. Um, and you have to have a work ethic. She had a heck of a work ethic. I never saw her bed I made. She used to leave the house at like 5.30 to go to work, and I always just go in there and peek. Really? Never saw it unmade. Wow. Ever. Wow. To this day, even with that aneurysm 10 years ago. So that work ethic, um, you steal a little bit of that from the, quote, real world. Mm-hmm. And you just try to make this thing mimic mimic that. Mm-hmm. Um, work 10, 12 hours a day. Just go through all the repetitions, uh, fight off distractions. Um if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. But you do have to be dogged about it. Mm-hmm. You do. You can't just phone it in. You really do. You do. Yeah, you absolutely do. I don't know if you agree with this, but I was I was in art school, and I remember really specifically. So my schedule in art school was brutal because I had to pay rent. I had to pay everything, and I had to. Which school I was, was that? all on my own. This was just going to a bunch of ateliers at yeah. at the time. Yeah, and so there was like a lot of rich, kind of privileged kids around, and that their parents would pay for them to essentially waste their. Like you got to have a net to go to an atelier. Mm, you, <laughs> it's like it's an insane yes. thing to do. And I was doing it, and I was nannying on breaks and coming back and stuff like that. Oh my god! So. I remember one guy, two, two memories, and everybody would know these people. One guy was like crying in the hallway at school because his deltoid wasn't going well enough or something. And I got so angry at him because I was like, you don't know what life is. And he yeah. was like, yeah, but you make everything look easy. I'm like, because this is the easiest part of my day. Wow. Like, this is the only time it's easy for me. And another same thing, like this guy, he was just rich. He was like from Spain, like walking down the stairs, like you work so hard at all this. And I was just, it's just like, fuck you. These people don't know what. Yeah. It's like when you got to like, and I realized that they actually, that's the hard part of their day is when the teacher comes over and says their angle wasn't good enough. Yeah. And it's like, that was my pride. That was the only easy part I had. <laughs> It's like, great, the angle. It didn't threaten me. It didn't challenge who I was. I wasn't crying on the steps. It was like, somehow I'm paying some dude to come around to tell me my angle isn't good enough. And I'm listening. It's pretty simple exchange. Like, I can live through this. It's not existential. I can live through this. This is not an existential crisis by any measure of the imagination. I couldn't understand why people thought. And, and I think that mentality is still with me today. I mean, I was doing it. I've been drawing for a long time, but it's still, it's like, that's the only time my life is easy when I'm yeah. doing that. It's yeah. the only time I'm egoless. It's the only time I'm just like trying to learn things and improve myself. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And I hope that that's a great point. Um, so if you have that um, feeling sometimes, I know you do, 
But to be able to sustain it is where those voices and that war and all that kind of goes goes away. Um, it's always there, but you do have to. There's there's something to be said for um, sacrificing your time and energy and just making art all the time. Um, it does fight those battles for you. Mm. Um, there's no way I'm going to listen to those kind of voices looking at the people that I've painted, the places. Um, the work's not perfect, mm-hmm. but it exists. So I can kind of build on that and try to um, get better, make more, and focus on that rather than you're a fraud. You know, where, where's the next check coming from? Okay, at this point, so if whatever you want to say, good. You're extraordinarily good. You're successful. You're, uh, you know, you're a known quantity. You people pay to be around you, type thing. Do you have? Do you? Would you even have doubts about a fraud? Like you, you said. Would would that come into your mind, or do you reach a point where it's like that doesn't even come in anymore? No, I I know I work really hard. Mm-hmm. I'm not one of these people that it's good to hear were born with it, because I I think there are some people that were <laughs> with 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 a a, a talent or a skill set that assists them to be just I mean Leonardo da Vinci. You can go mm-hmm. and just down the list of people that were had to have probably been born with it when they're doing stuff like they did at 14. Mm -hmm. Um, I have to work at it. Mm -hmm. So, no, the fraudulent part, no, because I know how freaking hard I have to work to get it up to a a level Mm -hmm. uh, where it is. So, no, no, not at all. Um, I'm the people's champion. Mm -hmm. I'm not a trust fund baby. I I work Mm -hmm. for this. So mm-hmm. anything I get, anything that um, I have, I'm proud to say that I've earned it. I don't deserve it, but I've earned it. Man, God, that is so much that I, f- I feel similar to you, too. Hey, there are people giving money. True. Spirits. Spirits, yes. Of art. Uh-huh. The art spirits. Whew. Hey, Sophia. There's someone new. Brandy Craft. Brandy Craft. Yeah. Thank you so much, Brandy, for making the effort. You can find her, Brandy, B R A N D Y underscore craft, K R A F T, on Instagram. I think your road is harder than mine, and my road was very difficult in its own right when you see people who just like have easy an easier time in front of them Mm -hmm. do do you feel like that diminishes their their efforts or something in a way do you see it on bad days I see it as a diminished artistic statement in some ways do you? I, I, 
I feel sorry for them. Huh. Um, like when you look at, okay, like let's talk about privilege mm-hmm. in whatever form that comes in. And um, when I look at a person like Martin Luther King, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, can't eat a sandwich at a lunch counter. Mm-hmm. I mean, I mean, the man was just just the mental fortitude and the intelligence that he had and the spirituality mm-hmm. um, was, was still just reduced to that. Rocks being thrown at him um, almost toward the end of his life while he's mm-hmm. trying to march for people's civil rights. Um, bomb threats on the phone. Um, that's not easy. Mm-hmm. Um, but it bored something out of him. When you hear him speak, just just the sound of his voice gives me chills. Oh, me too. Before I even me know what, where he's going with it, his intro is more palpable and powerful than any of these politicians or people that uh, are on a microphone. Uh huh. They're like uh-huh. a cheap version of it mm-hmm. at their best. So if you get something for nothing and you really don't go through anything, when you speak, um, I, I listen, but there, there's nothing there. I got it. I agree 100%. There's nothing there. Yeah. And I know that there's not going to be much there. Uh-huh. Um, but when you listen to that, that struggle, when you listen to that angst, It comes through in him, man. He's trying to get somewhere. I, I Spotify his speeches sometimes when I'm painting. That one around Vietnam is so powerful. It's just like, what the And fuck, there's something man? behind it. There's something not behind just words. It. My mom um, and stepfather used to um, have us clean, and they, they would do a little cleaning on, on weekends, and they would play his speeches on the, um, on the 78 um, on records. Mm. Like the, I could literally... Um, from beginning to end, tell you the I have a dream speech. That's amazing. In high school. That is amazing. So when I hear it now, I know what's coming. Like every word. Oh, it's so um, great. Yeah. They would play Mahalia Jackson, all that kind of stuff. I love Mahalia Jackson. Yeah. I mean, so it, there was a there was a there was a there was a richness, there was a um a depth to these people because of what they were were enduring. Mm-hmm. Um, so I do feel sorry for people because some people are trying to drum up emotion in their artwork, and I'm just like <laughs> Okay, now I see why you focus on form because there's nothing there. Because there's nothing what there. You say, Mm-mm. boy, God, and this I can say that because, chills. Um, my experience is my experience, and their experience is their experience. And I would recommend that they not try to say anything. So wh- because it comes across forced. Th- this reminds me of another thing. One of my heroes for. Forever has been Malcolm X, and one of my favorite books is Autobiography of Malcolm X. Mm-hmm. And he has that famous uh, quote that I won't repeat because it has. I, can, I guess I could say it. Uh, he says, "What do you call an African American with a PhD?" Do you remember that one? And I listen to so many history speeches. It's all it's awful, but. There's a point to it. He's got the N word in it's, it. Yeah, that's the N word. And that's the answer to it. It's just an, mm. an N word. Mm. And so basically that's he's... fucked up. It's fucked up. But he's basically saying how, like, 
race is viewed in America. And that's a story of America in a lot of ways. Do you feel that that's a part of your life that you are at this level like Malcolm X was and people are still viewing you in a certain light? I'd have to ask them. Um, It's an interesting um, study um, because on, on one hand you can say it's my talent, my images um, that get me in the door or you can say that we need a representative to, uh, to prove that we we're so inclusive um, and that's on the positive way of, of looking at are you just looking at the skin or are you looking at at the work because mm-hmm. um, I haven't experienced any negativity or anything like that to say I have this experience I have that experience because living on the Jersey Shore I don't have a lot of those kind of experiences and in the art world I don't have it but um, you have to be realistic mm-hmm. um, if you were a different artist and you were drawing and painting at this level um, would it be even more um, mm-hmm. successful Mm-hmm. Because I see a lot of stuff, not to throw anybody under the bus, but there's like a teaspoon of greatness in it. Just and a it's lot just so of celebrated. That gets it's so celebrated. So celebrated. <laughs> and, and you're like, it has to come from privilege and connections at some level. And patriarchy. And patriarchy for sure. Patriarchy. Yeah. Uh-huh. You, if you look at some of these thumbnails of some of these conventions or group shows the things that quote matter to us in this world it looks like <laughs> like the signing of the declaration of independence mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like looks like a bunch of forefathers up there with powder wigs on absolutely like have we gone any oh, further than God. Philadelphia or, or not nah? you aren't kidding I'm man I'm not kidding I'm it's deadly so serious true oh I see it I, I have see no choice but to see it I'm like at least throw looks me like a, a bunch of old white men with powdered wigs yeah. just circle jerking each other. Oh yeah, with like throw they, they might throw like two women artists in there. Mm-hmm. Yep. Usual suspects also. Uh huh. And some of these people, I'm not naming any names, but they'll they haven't read. They don't know. They don't know shit. They don't know that they're there because of certain aspects and mm-hmm. there's a lot of people who aren't there for certain other aspects but if they're in denial they don't know that that's why they're there uh-huh they're there because of their their skill and their their hard work oh, oh yeah they'll tell they'll tell that like crazy yeah <laughs> it's called denial yeah, <laughs> don't get me familiar. started don't get it me is. started man <laughs> um and and it's almost like you said it's a good jerk it's it's just a big echo chamber it's a big echo chamber. Yeah, yeah, and I, I think that, um, to your point, to your question before that, um, if you're a woman, if you're a lesbian, mm-hmm. if you're brown, if you're black, mm-hmm. you should take that as a full-on challenge, as an affront to yourself, mm-hmm. to say, because that's what I did. Um. I painted 12 paintings and I put them in a closet when I was in Alabama with my mom, pastels. And I said to myself, if these don't make it in a magazine, y'all are all a racist. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, they call my bluff. It went into a full-on feature in the American yeah. Artist. Nice. In the Artist nice. Magazine. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I added a demo. That was 2001. Because it's a challenge. I don't see any black or brown people in these pages. I don't either. So if this doesn't make it, it's not because I didn't try hard and it's not doesn't have quality and somebody wouldn't benefit off of this pastel technique. Mm-hmm. It's because, you know, we don't want you. You you for for you, yes, you'd have to be an absolute racist to not put you in a magazine. Yeah, I, was, I was prepared for it too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I was prepared for the, re- the rejection letter and I was ready to go to war. Mhm. At this system um, that you've created for yourself. Um, and if there's not going to be inclusion, um, I'm going to, I'm going to burn it down. Yeah. This is before the down. internet. I didn't know how I was going to burn it down. Yeah. But I knew that that would have been a, a license for me. I worked really hard mm-hmm. and it wasn't a small amount of time. Mm-hmm. It was like three years to get these 12 paintings to where they needed to be. Um, but I see that I think people, those subsets of culture that I just named, um, are discouraged. Mm-hmm. Why should I try that hard? Well, that's that's my my concern for sure because th- there are art schools that are a lot of white kids with privilege. Majority, vast majorities. There are. We were touching on portrait society, all that kind of culture. Their lives matter too, by the way. I just want to go ahead and get my part in there because that's yeah. Marshall talking again. <laughs> all lives matter. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> I don't need this because <laughs> I don't know where you're going. <laughs> you're talking about white kids. <laughs> I don't feel. I don't feel safe. <laughs> I don't feel comfortable anymore. <laughs> But finish your point. Well, but the idea even of all lives matter is bullshit because, because I don't need this. I'll go right there. The, the, go the ahead, idea, Marshall. The idea of all lives matter is sort of bullshit because it's it's of course and everybody's saying that constantly. Mm-hmm. You know, who needs a champion for that? No. Right? No. It's like I think no. we can, I think we can all agree. I think we can all agree mm. and it's well documented <laughs> that Let's life. Go back to seventeen seventy six. So but well listen, there there are uh you know, people listening to this podcast and I'm worried. I I get concerned about the ultra talented people like you uh, who are minorities and don't get the the same amount of um, access. You didn't have much access. They don't get the same amount of access as other kids. Mm -hmm. And and they're going to give up, you know, like who who's like you who would just plow through all that stuff, you know? Yeah, it's like if I go to the Kentucky Derby, right? Mm-hmm. Um, beautiful, beautiful horses. I mean, just the best of the best. But but I'm a unicorn. Mm-hmm. I've never seen a triple crown winner that looks like me. Mm-hmm. Why should I even go out there? Um, I've never seen a unicorn win. 
they don't even have to oppress you anymore. You're doing it to yourself. And you're, and you're aiming low. Mm. Maybe if it's local, maybe if it's just trying to get Instagram followers. But you're not really going into those, um, those institutions mm-hmm. with any weight. I mean, especially when they look at the work. Mm-hmm. Um, so sometimes they can say, well, you know, I mean, look at it. Um, so it's incumbent upon the individual because there is some individual um, responsibility. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, if I had a magazine, mm-hmm. I'm not just going to put you in there <laughs> just, yeah, to, just to clear my conscience. Absolutely. So right. we have to also talk about that as, as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's, there's, there's blame on both sides, but I, I do think that it just it does push some people down um, and not whether it, they're even painting uh, for themselves and, and just not even trying to be into some of these, quote, cool groups or instruct at one of these conventions or mm-hmm. whatever it is, um, that world doesn't, would I even feel comfortable in that room? Mm-hmm. What if Mario's not on the diocese? What, what if he's not there? I had an interesting um, exchange with about five African-American artists at the Portrait Society um, last year. Not this year, but last year when it was um, in D.C. D.C., yeah. And I have a group photo on my Instagram. Um, and they came because I was going to be there. Hmm. I was doing a book signing. I was doing the face-off. Um, and I was on a panel with Cassin and uh, Michael Shane Neal. <laughs> Oh, I haven't heard of him. Yes, so. very talented artist. Um, but they distinctly, we were having breakfast, and they distinctly told me that that's why they came. That's great. And they described why they haven't come before God, that. Jesus. And you know why they didn't come. I hate that. I hate that so bad. I mean, how do we, how, I mean, it's policy for sure. It's people like you helping, but like you are so, you know, more about America than anybody. Mm-hmm. Do you see it? Do you see it improving? Do you see a hundred years from now, a world where this doesn't, doesn't matter? You know, do you see? Mm-mm. No, it, it started wrong. It's going to end wrong. Ugh. Well, what we're, can I do? We're literally like trying to herd cats. That never that that never works out because it started out wrong. And when you start out with with a with a hierarchy, mm-hmm. I wouldn't want to let go of it. Well, yeah, right, right. My kid wouldn't want to let go of it, right? Mm-hmm. Even if it's our ideal of beauty, I don't want to let go of that. Mm-hmm. So whether I'm consciously or subconsciously feeding into it. When I watch TV, I am um, I'm inspired. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm comfortable. Do you know what BET is? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> this, this is WET. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh huh. <laughs> that that channel over there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean. This is our stuff. 
Because it's just it's it's, it's like stuff. that's why I'm saying Black Lives Matter is a valid movement, and I hate it when I see All Lives Matter because it's a it's a BET had to define itself based on the something else, right? It's like mm-hmm. you your your existence is based on something else. Yeah. So to your question, uh, I'm not a see of the future. Look how long it's taken for things mm-hmm. to be like this. And now we're trying to go again backwards to the good old days. We're in a reversion, right? Yeah, of course. So it'll go forward for eight years. Then it'll go back for four years. Mm-hmm. Hopefully. It'll go back because people don't want to let go of that. It's just pretty darn good to be on top. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But you know what, Marshall? I don't um, let it filter into how I see myself, um, how I work, mm-hmm. who I choose to paint. I choose. I paint everybody um, because I don't want my work to be a reflection of this sick, this pathological illness that America carries around. Mm. That's the last thing I want is to be reactionary in my work. As we just talked about my happy place, I don't want my happy place to be a referendum or um, a negative thing uh, because that's negative. Mm-hmm. I want to introduce beauty um, and a pride mm-hmm. that these people actually have. It's mm-hmm. awesome to be a black and brown person mm-hmm. or a lesbian or a woman. Mm-hmm. It's pretty darn good. It's not something you wake up and like, oh, this burden. Right, right. So I want to, I show that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm not carrying a, a flag or talking about black and I'm proud, but it's pretty awesome. But I'm an American first again. Mm-hmm. I'm not carrying this banner. I'm mm-hmm. not angry. It's where we are. And I feel like that's what is so potent about your work too. It's it's love. so it's so potent because like you look at your work and you don't. <sighs> You're not painting about anger or resentment Mm-mm. or bitterness Mm-mm. or all these things that you fucking could be talking about. <laughs> like the, like, like you said, you're saying, look at this beautiful person that yeah. I'm connecting with that happens to be black, happens yeah. to be brown, happens. And, and I want you to know that person the way I know that person. Yeah. Love that person the way I love it. And like, it's just... You feel that instantly. You don't have time to be like, hmm, what's this about? You yeah, know, you just yeah. fucking get it. That's it. And That's I, it. I love that about Like your if this work. person was, yeah. thank you. This person's in a room with you, they're not spending time talking about all these heavy issues. They, they're laughing. They're talking about like shallow things. Mm-hmm. Um, and I want to let people into those, those, those hallowed places. Yeah. Um, they're not carrying this this burden around or sad they're they're happy right right you know i mean and that's other people's problem if they don't like you point well that's grace too yeah i have time for it just because it can weigh you down yeah it's humanity it's like humans get in a room and Mm -hmm. bullshit yeah like with your like with your (laughs) siblings it's just it's just yeah that that is such a great full circle. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You don't yeah. have time to because it can take you over. Like mm-hmm. if I made my work about that, man, that would be 
unfortunate. Mm-hmm. Um, be such a reduction of who you are. Absolutely. I paint mm-hmm. sunflowers. I, I paint the ocean. I, I paint whatever I want to paint. Mm-hmm. Um, and if I choose to paint someone of another ethnicity, it's it's an American to me. It's not going across the tracks. Mm-hmm. It's not 1960. This is 2019. Mm-hmm. And my work should look like that. It shouldn't be like I'm going to try to drum up some controversy. Right. Make it all about me. Right. Right. Would you? Do you know that 99.9% of my collectors are white people? I could have guessed. They're yeah, the people sure. that have disposable income. Hello. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. I'm not at war with anybody. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> ridiculous. But that at its heart, I mean, it's like we're all kind of born into the world, mm-hmm. who we are and their slots. And all those slots have good things and bad things to them. And that's just a reality that 99% of your collectors will be white. And that's, you know, a product of patriarchy and all that stuff. But it's a big money flow, you know? And then there's, it's like... And then there's, like, education. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, like, when I grew up, I didn't have a lot of exposure to museums. I didn't go to a museum until I was at Pratt. Mm -hmm. So... It might not even be an economical thing. It might be just, I prefer to spend my money on this than seeing the value in this. Mm -hmm. And then when you say this one's twenty thousand, their sticker shock is like, why? Yeah, exactly. How? So um, you can't blame everything on one particular thing. But um, like you said, this is where we are. This is how it is, and I don't, I don't have time to spend. My waking hours on on all of this it's it's in our DNA mm-hmm. um, and when I wake up I see myself as just another human being like you all are um, but when we're while we're talking about these things it does bring it out because you have to talk about it right um, if you're a person that is self-loathing um, and it's looking for an excuse to fail, you can use it. Mm-hmm. If you are a person, there's a champion inside of you, uh, despite the odds, you'll make it. Mm-hmm. I don't I don't believe in the system. It's just, you know, it's rigged, it's this or that. Um, and I could be speaking from my personal experience, and that might be a very myopic way of looking at all this. But I believe. What else are you going to talk about? It, That's it. That's true. I can only speak from this small um, point of view um, because I've seen it happen right in front of my face. Um, that's not to say it's going to work for everybody. People live in different parts of the country. There might not be an art community. You might not um, be inspired every day um, based on your surroundings. But if you are in the right place at the right time, um, it's like putting a plant in the right sunny spot mm-hmm. um, uh-huh. you that's have right. to you have to take advantage of that if that's your reality right and you can make it be an inspiration to others mm-hmm. um, and that's not going to be the case for everybody I think what I think so I'm narrowing down on something I I recently 
did a tour at the Met with, he was, um, his name's Damien Eccles, mm-hmm. and he's beautiful. Like, his life was insane. I'm sure people know who I'm talking about. Some would, but some wouldn't. He, he, he spent some time on death row, basically, for a crime he did not commit from when wow. he was very young. And he says that this practice of, he tried a lot of different spirituality and he's found this practice of, he calls it magic. And it's like this putting religion in this entire historical context. And he'll, will take people to the Met and show them sacred artifacts and what they'll mean. It's really beautiful. And he was saying that Beethoven had a quote about all of what Beethoven considered himself was just like breathing in light essentially and Mm -hmm. magnifying that and spreading Mm. it back out was his whole mission. And I Mm. think no matter what class you come from, so to in defense of wealthy people, like if you're breathing in some light and magnifying it out more so that's the that's the onus on everybody mm-hmm. and i think it's it's harder for a lot of people and almost damn near impossible for a lot of people to to see it that that simply but i think the the people that maybe we're ragging on are the ones who are just burying their talent like in the bible or that aren't really putting that much light back out they're just kind of taking and you know no matter what class it comes from sure and i think that um for the for sake of clarity we are speaking from our own experiences our own expectations Mm -hmm. um our own preferences um and if a person does find themselves in that other class um, with a peer group. It's okay. Mm-hmm. Um, That's right. Yeah, we're we're just looking for more. We're looking for more, and they have, and in order, I think, to put the right kind of light out, you have to acknowledge a lot of things. You oh, know? <laughs> <laughs> you have to. Yeah, you have to. Acknowledgement, yeah. You have to... It's painful. Mm-hmm. I can only imagine from the other side. There's a lot to give up. Mm-hmm. You're not only giving up your own um, kind of... Um, your accomplishments and the things that you've done. We're now talking about mommy. Mm-hmm. We're talking about grandpa. Mm-hmm. We're talking about the whole family tree at this point. Mm-hmm. And it only gets even more obvious when you go back a couple of generations. Mm-hmm. Um, I was talking to a gentleman uh, yesterday at a studio visit. Um, and he was talking about, he knew I served in the Army. He's talking about his experience. And he actually... Um, did his basic training where I did my basic training Okay. in uh, Columbia, South Carolina. And he was a white gentleman, and he said, yeah, I had a black fella that was in my company, and we went downtown, um, and the African-American soldier had to tell him, uh, you guys are going to the movies. You know I can't go to that 
movie theater and sit with you. I got to sit up there. And the guy that was telling me was from New Jersey originally, and he didn't understand it. So that was his first um, experience with segregation. Mm-hmm. Um, so when we're talking about mommy and grandpa, and as you go back through the years, um, there's the water fountain over there. Mm. The water fountain mm-hmm. over there. I mean, there's a bathroom in there, and there's no bathroom for these people. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's what we're essentially talking about. There's still seemingly a, a, a segregation that's going on in, in a lot of our communities. There's a residual effect. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I'll, I'll, use, I'll go back to my point. Um, take the challenge on, man. Mm-hmm. If you were in one of those groups, um, the only thing you can do is do it to the best of your ability and be great. Because there mm-hmm. are also examples of people that have went out there and done that and have exceeded. Mm-hmm. So you, you can't say no one can. It hasn't been done. Right. Um, I didn't come from a bunch of money. Yeah. Or go to museums, and um, I didn't grow up poor. I grew up on the Jersey Shore, but um, there wasn't a lot of exposure. Mm-hmm. Um, and I luckily had one of those angels that kind of guided me, and I started picking up things. But once I did get introduced to it, um, I wasn't cavalier in it. Mm-hmm. I went for it. What was that story you were telling last time you were here about uh, you had a certain amount of change you were counting on the counter at, to, to oh get? Oh, God, that was a dark moment. That was, that was, I had to be the lowest. Yeah, I had this. And the funny part, the irony is, um, like I said, I grew up on the Jersey Shore. Me and my siblings, we had a, we had a good life. They called us the Huxtables when we were in our, our uh, hmm. house and stuff like that. And stepdad drove, drove a big Fleetwood Cadillac to church and stuff like that um, but when you get out on your own um, and you try to be an artist quote mm-hmm. unquote um, I, I still had some of the stuff from my you know younger days I had this big red toggle coat this polo coat um, full of change <laughs> So those two realities were meeting. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> I mean, I, I, you know, it's got the hood. I literally look like something from England, um, an aristocrat mm-hmm. with both pockets full of change, not change, pennies. Um, so, yeah, so I get to the, I had this like, I had it down. There was this particular ripple barbecue potato chip that I liked. <laughs> And iced tea. <laughs> that was dinner for like the whole year. Until like, you know, people would like invite me over some Sundays. and mm-hmm. But on a weekly basis when I was alone painting. Um, so I went down to the corner store and normally I would go in particular times where there wasn't a lot of traffic. But this particular time, <laughs> it was lunchtime. I needed it. <laughs> so I, I had this pig. This plastic pig, <laughs> classic oh piggy God. bank, classic piggy bank. But <laughs> to make this story even more just challenging, every time you open it up, it would go. Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> no. Yes. 
I tried to get the battery out of it. I couldn't oh find the battery. This battery God. never died. I still have this piggy. So you're bringing an oinkin' pig to the bodega. No, 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 no. <laughs> I poured it all out in the middle of the floor and got it out. But the point is, I had to listen to that pig every time I went mocking in to get you. these chips. Mocking, mocking me. Oink, oink, oink. <laughs> It's, 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 it keeps going when you keep the lid open. So I'm pouring it out. It doesn't go, oh, oink, my oink, God. Oink. Um, so, um, yeah, so I had, um, at that point, run out of wrappers to roll it. So I had literally like $7 worth of pennies. Mm-hmm. Um, and normally no one was in there, but there was, a line was forming this one particular time. And I poured all the pennies out on the thing and the Chinese lady's just looking at me like you're doing this and I was like you have like, to take it you gotta, t- you gotta take it <laughs> this now is you have to take it you have to count it <laughs> and she's counting it penny by penny and uh, literally everybody like in the whole town is coming in now and I'm just standing there and I'm sweating you. in this coat um, but the point of that story is <laughs> I mean um you have to sacrifice. Yeah. And you have to actually question yourself. What What are you willing to give up? Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't want to work a job and get trapped in, into that whole situation I couldn't get out of. Mm-hmm. Um, and I yeah. gave up a lot of dignity in that moment. Mm-hmm. Because I, I could have left and come back, but that was, that was lunch and dinner. Mm-hmm. And it took when I tell you it took about 15 minutes which seemed like forever the people were disgusted behind yeah. me uh-huh. um, and the lady counting obviously was looking up at me every time I pulled more out yeah exactly um, and I've paid with pennies on the train before Mm-hmm. Um, and just imagine how impatient you know a conductor can be on the New Jersey Transit train. Yeah, like absolutely. you're doing this. Yeah, you're going from New York Penn Station <laughs> to Long Branch on pennies. Uh huh. Really? Uh-huh. I'll come back. So he goes and comes back, and this is what we're doing. So what are you willing to give up? See this this whole mentality of if it's if it's not given to me. And if I'm not just kind of like celebrated within the first 15 minutes of this, um, I'm being persecuted. Mm-hmm. It's like that happened in like 1999 after the write up, the feature in the artist magazine. That right. did almost nothing yeah. because you have to have feature on feature on feature on feature. Um, I thought. <laughs> You get I an made arts it. magazine. I, I made it. I, made it. I, I mean, it. I I literally wrote a book. I think mm-hmm. right. Like that was like they gave me like eight pages. Yeah, I, I made it. Hey, y'all go to Barnes and Noble. Support me. Yeah, like you know. Um, but here I am with the pennies. Mm-hmm. Um, so it it just now I can talk about it and and you know look back on it like that was that was humbling without the pain without the sting of it now but that had to happen mm-hmm. that was so humbling mm-hmm. so I can't now get too high or too low I I know where I come from yeah um, sacrifice is tremendous man absolutely you have to stand in your truth 
in that moment, I had to stand in that. Mm-hmm. No one could do that for me. I had nothing. I was living with, at that time, a lady was renting me a room from the church and I had a, a good friend. His father was a pastor and was loaning me a, a studio, well, an office space in the church for free. And the place that I was renting was a lady from the church that let me stay at her house. And the polo coat, to this day, I still have it, has bites in it from the mice that were feasting on it in the closet. Mm-hmm. What are you willing to give up? And I just can't deal with people that yeah, just don't have any backbone, mm-hmm. no stomach for adversity mm-hmm. or lack. But I think it get what you gave up gets into the paint you know I think it's what makes it yeah I really do I don't think it's I don't think it's it's, yeah it's a gift it's a gift I don't have to trump it up I don't have to drum up this this kind of existential like angst in the work Mm -hmm. not only my own pain the community the people that I mean my stepdad's sister's husband was like our garbage man mm-hmm. so our gifts <laughs> would be stuff that I knew Uncle Clyde got from the garbage mm-hmm. I knew it mm-hmm. and that's not to say that we were poor but he he thought that that was a good thing to be doing mm-hmm. and I painted him um, later in, in life as just a person that I admire for all that hard work and I could see him diminished in his in his suit and his usher badge because he would never go to church he denounced it he was drinking alcohol but in later in life I painted him in front of the church and you can see the the body language on him you can see it kind of life just kind of weighing down and him just giving into it I don't have to make this stuff up this stuff writes itself but you have to be open you have to be awake and then there's people like Trump, dumb as a stump, mm-hmm. all the privilege in the world. Mm-hmm. It, I mean, in some ways, in business, squandered some of his privilege. And it's mm-hmm. just like, there's no character. There's no, there's, there's nothing in that person from that kind of life, you know? There's a, there's a, there's a circle. There's a, uh, how do you say? a certain section of our country where that person fits. Mm-hmm. He just might be the figurehead and the most visible, but just like serial killers, like if you, if you pull them, extract them out of that world and put them here on the couch, um, they're freaks. Mm-hmm. But there's always going always gonna to be a group that can actually understand Mm-hmm. that pathology so when I look at a person like that um, it comes from somewhere mm-hmm. and the things that that person has been afforded and the treatment that they've received because of what they have created that mm-hmm. and, Amer- and America has never really seen itself it hasn't no, no. it hasn't seen itself no it still it refuses to it's, it's painful it's painful. It's very painful, especially when you weren't the one that actually was there making the decisions. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you have to pay for something that you don't feel like um, you should have to pay for. You're a recipient, 
and I don't know how many people would trade that in, mm-hmm. given a choice, because that's when the rubber would hit the road. Yeah. If I say, well, you know what? Let's let's get a big old time machine, and let's go and put yourself um, in a different situation, and let's change the whole dynamic of this country. If you're being honest, who who wants to have it differently? Mm-hmm. Do you ever? This is diverting. You can cut this out. But have you ever seen those postcards of lynchings? No. They used to. They used to send pictures of African American people while the lynching is going on, set on fire, literally like charbroiled, hanging from the from the trees, with kids looking up and the adults pointing up like that. And they used to send. They would Google it. There are postcards out there that'll break your heart. It's all, all over the internet. Smiling and laughing at the at the at the naked body up there on the tree. Um, so when you start talking about how deep this is, they used to actually have, um, like you go to the like a um, carnival, and you can like throw the thing and like dunk someone or whatever. They used to have games where you could actually hit black kids with bats for points at these carnivals. I'm not joking with people when I talk about America is a dark place. And when I'm done with, with, with this podcast, Google those postcards, it. and it will, it will actually break your heart when you see little kids looking up and pointing with their with their parents and people would write about how they just went to a lynching like it was a baseball game so people can talk about their talent they can talk about how hard they work all day um i know the truth and i'm free i don't i don't have to make it up and take it away from you um just be grateful that's all I ask. I don't. I don't think that it should change. This is what it is, but just be grateful that that's not your ancestor. That's not you dealing with that residual um, pain. There's so much pain. Yeah, just be grateful. I don't. I don't want you to walk around with guilt. I don't. I don't care. It's what's done is done. But what I do want you to do is be honest and be grateful. That's all. That's all yeah. you can really do for yourself, because otherwise you're lying to yourself. You know, Nina Simone's like "Strange Fruit" and "Mississippi Goddamn." Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah, lynching. Lynching didn't even stop until like late '60s. God, the late '60s, and it, it, and the amount of people that were lynched. I mean, they're on those same postcards I'm talking about. They would, they were like women in dresses. Hanging from bridges. This is not just men. We're we're talking about naked women. We're 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 talking about everything. Kids. And they're laughing and pointing up. So I can't help you if you're not going to be honest. Uh huh. We have nothing to talk about. Mm. Um, and I don't push these agendas. 
Um, but if someone like a, a form like this um, kind of bears it out and puts it out there, all our messy business as Americans out there in the forefront, I'm not going to be the one to say I don't have anything to add to it. Yeah, I don't. I don't know if I want to touch this. Um, this is how I talk in private, and if people don't like it, they just don't like it. I don't have well, to care. People don't like it. Fuck them. I mean, because mm-hmm. there's there's something if you if you can't from what you just said that brought you know tears to my eyes while you were saying it. If you can't have if you. How else do you view that? If it's an inconvenience to hear this, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. If you're if you if you're bothered by it, if you're bothered by it or not, it's like what you're you're a psychopath. I mean, you have no, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're Fuck and you. That's a good you, way yeah. to put it. <laughs> yeah, you're a self-preservationist, and you are really holding on real tight. You're um, holding on tight, yeah. and I could see I could see someone who has power wanting to keep power. Sure. That, I don't. I don't blame that to to a degree, but because people tell if, you, I never owned slaves. Right. Oh God. I didn't grow up rich. I don't benefit from any. What are you talking about? Yeah. But I'm like, mm, this is while that's true, while that's factual. Um, there's a little thing called redlining. There's a that happened. Um, in America that was basically endorsed by the government where they work with real estate agents the housing yeah. okay so we don't have to give a history lesson there there are certain things but like I said I'll go I'll keep going back to it um, if you work hard and you take all of that dark history and all that oppression all that gravity beating down on you and you use it and create something beautiful man people respond to it mm-hmm. they don't want to be preached to uh-huh. but put it out there in a way that it unites us because these are our shared experiences it's not a black history moment right this is us it's our history it's America's history that's it so when you're looking at someone the survival um, of any group whether it's the Holocaust, where you or you're talking about the Native Americans, America's first sin, or you're talking about how America was built on the backs of slaves, um, this is an American story, not the Holocaust, but these other two. This is an American story, mm-hmm. and we all need to be honest and uh, celebrate how far we've come, but know our history. Absolutely. So when I'm painting these people, um, it is a celebrate. Because when I look at some of these older people, I'm like, how did you, like, my mom went to a, a segregated high school. It was Lincoln High. And then in her senior year, they um, allowed, they integrated the schools, and she went to what was called Altus High School on the other side of the, the town, which was the better high school. They had the big stadium for football and but her high school hardly had any windows. It, it was it's still there. It's rotting, but it was called Lincoln High, and it was the black high school. And I look at that like, how did you? That was so normal for you. What kind of message is that? <laughs> that was so. 
and they just had a good old time and just like they had even a few years ago had a reunion for Lincoln mm-hmm. so they make it that's their reality mm-hmm. um, and you have to look at that and say they're not shooting up everything right at war with America they're not bombing they're not they're trying to get a piece of that American dream and assimilate for the most part mm-hmm. and that's what I want to paint I want to celebrate that that just grace that's a, that's, that's what I take from it. I don't take the darkness. I take that 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 survival, that overcoming spirit, and just put it out there on 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 paper, and it reverberates. Mm-hmm. I'm almost getting away with like murder because all I'm doing is taking all those rich experiences that people have endured Lived and just through. reporting it. Mm-hmm. I'm not making the news. <laughs> I'm just reporting the news. It takes a very special person to be able to talk about that, though, and recognize that it, it needs a platform. That's true. It needs very a true. This is my art. This is, yeah, my art is going to be the unicorn. It's going to yeah. It's like it's a beautiful struggle, but not in a preachy yeah. kind of like. Look what you did. It, these people are still making lemonade. My grandmother mm-hmm. used to make ice cream on the porch. She used to put the ice in the thing and churn it up, put milk in it, and it was the most amazing ice cream on the porch. They used to play dominoes and smoke the Marlboro and Camel cigarettes. <laughs> I thought, all right, this is the life. Yeah. But I didn't know they couldn't drink from that fountain. <sighs> they weren't talking about that. So that there's there's a there's a there's a grace and there's there's a genteel quality to the way these people lived. Um like my grandmother, just to wrap it up, my great grandmother Beulah that raised my mom and my grandmother, we all lived with her, and she would take me around to the Air Force Base, and I would sit there and read the Bibles and the, the hymn books, and she used to clean the chapel on the base, and then I would say, "Where are we going next, Mimi? Are we going to the office building?" She had this huge buffer. This one was four eleven, shining the freaking floors. And then I said, all right, Mimi, we go home. No, got one more stop. She would clean people's houses in town. I did not know (laughs) that Beulah King was a cleaning lady. She carried herself with such a presence. And then Mm. on Sunday, she would put her white outfit on with the white gloves, and she was a senior usher. Mm. She was my freaking hero. I dedicated my book to her. Mm. Um, She wasn't negative. She wasn't. She was just herself. She had a beautiful gold crown around her teeth and just wear wigs. But she was a freaking cleaning lady. I don't know how much she could have made. So I would sit there at the chapel in the pews and I had to be like seven or eight. Well, my mom was at high school because she had me when she was 16. And I would just go around town to all these places that she was freaking cleaning. But I didn't know that's what was going on. Mm-hmm. But you have to get through life and you have to do it. I love that word, with grace. Mm-hmm. Because if you allow these forces, these dark forces, and these, this history to wear you, um, you will end up with depression and issues and maybe even be suicidal. So if I can't right. paint that, if I'm looking away from that and I'm trying to assimilate and be something that I'm not, joke's on me. But you so like you, mm. you so you... You were essentially like born in Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
which that and then and with the Robert E. Lee high, uh, was it Robert, Robert E. Lee? Lee it was right across from Beulah's house it's still there yep Rob, I went to Robert E. Lee kindergarten really? that's where it started oh yeah Confederate General Robert oh, E. Lee oh yeah I used to do uh, put model cars and planes together and glue them and they gave me a a Dukes of Hazard car, the orange one with the oh, really? stars the Dukes and bars. I'm like, what is this decal? Okay, this goes on the door. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> that's, a, that's how baked in oh, my everything God. is. Just a good old boy. Yeah, just a good old boy. <laughs> I, mean, I was like, yeah. And I, I put it on my dresser. I had the orange car sitting up there with the old one on it. But that's how ingrained it is in our culture. This, this dude has a full-on Confederate flag Lord in his room. Oh, my God. <laughs> in Oklahoma. What, what was the second like line of that? you have to laugh to keep See, from crying. But the kind of second thing. line of that, just the good old boys, never meaning no harm. <laughs> really? <laughs> I mean, but that, oh you do have my. to laugh to keep from crying because that's you just have to shut up and take it. Mm-hmm. This is what we're doing. And you, as a subset, as a minority, you have to shut up and take it and just try your best, Mm -hmm. like you said, to stop from crying or making a big mess and hurting yourself. (laughs) Make some lemonade. (laughs) Yeah, make some lemonade. Keep throwing lemons at you. Just keep making lemonade over there and just get over it and shut up. We don't want to hear it. You saw real beauty, though, and perseverance, like... Your mom's story and Beulah's story mm-hmm. and like I mean I know some people got crushed by it like the the garbage man story you were mm-hmm. saying mm-hmm. so America will crush you oh yeah oh yeah but th- there was like I feel like in some ways you were raised around such strong intelligent people who did what had to be done mm-hmm. yeah which is yeah. beautiful. Oh yeah, they worked. They, uh, my stepdad's father, my grandfather, we call him Pop Pop. He was the a manager. He was the big guy in town. He, he he was manager of JJ Newberry's. Every everybody knew Charles Lawson. Um, my parents worked at the for the government. You know they they worked. Mm-hmm. That was one thing. I, I, there was no people around me that were. It didn't even. Like, they were policemen. They served the country. I I didn't know this whole like lazy kind of mentality. The, that's all I knew. These people really worked hard. Mm. And um, you took that into your art practice. I have to work. You yeah, just work. I have to work. I can't just art for me doesn't mean that I just you know hang out, philosophize, and be lazy yeah uh-huh. look what i'm following yeah look what i'm following you're blazing your own trail it's incredible inspiration Man. to everyone who listens to this that's it and that's the point like with mar just to wrap it up um you know there is a, a time and a place to talk about race and talk about privilege but my my work that speaks for me mostly um is for everybody Mm-hmm. It's for everybody. Everybody's welcome at the table. Mm. It's not exclusionary. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So if you look at my work, everybody's represented: Asian, women, mm-hmm. young people, old people, white people. 
you can't say that Mario just sits over here in his comfort zone mm-hmm. and just has a big old NAACP rally every day. Right. That's not where I'm coming from. Right. This is a this is an American story. <laughs> this is a <laughs> he just has a big old Black Lives Matter march right up the middle of the art world. Like he's pushing it on us to the point where we he's worn us down and we just have to do it now. We whatever, have to put him in. Whatever march you want to do, I'm uh, <laughs> I mean, but you do have to do it in love, man. You have to. So to answer the question, to go all the way back. So when you say, um, do I think it's going to change? And my answer was it started out wrong. It's going to end wrong. There's no way for a tidal wave, even if you have the numbers to outnumber that group, they're always still going to be the majority. Mm-hmm. The I'm afraid is, of that too. It's just the way it's always going to be. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So you can be um, independent. You can start your little movements over here and you can, it's not going to overtake and have that financial component to be able to feed yourself. Mm-hmm. It's systemic. There's like big a time. Dig, a big groove that everybody's just at this point born into. There, and you just sort of you get so many cues off being born, like subtle ways of thinking, subtle this and that, and mm-hmm. you just and you become that stuff unless you're really vigilant. Mm-hmm. And you don't realize, and you don't have to put any of this on. You don't realize how American you are until you travel. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh my god. Oh my god. I just sent the latte back because it wasn't hot enough. What am I doing? What? I just. Oh you're better than this. God. <laughs> you're like, no, I'm not. I want it hotter. <laughs> Go ahead and heat that up a little bit more. You don't realize it until you take yourself out of this and you try to be a independent thinker Man, or, or in a group or. But your your thinking is American. Because <laughs> the first thing they ask when you travel, like, or when people are going overseas, do they speak English or? Uh, like they speak their language. Because <laughs> <laughs> God forbid, I learn three or four words before I go over there. Yeah, exactly. How is the how is the language barrier? They they speak English uh. or? <laughs> so. This is what it is, man. What can I tell you? But we, but we have power, right? The three of us in this room, people look up to us. People mm-hmm. give us a platform mm-hmm. and we all have power. And it's like that Beethoven thing. It's like you take light in and shine it out the, the, the most effective way you can. Mm-hmm. And man, maybe it's not a bad idea to start talking shit about people who aren't doing that responsibly, you know? Yeah. yeah. Like maybe, yeah. <laughs> maybe, they'll, maybe they'll stop. <laughs> maybe they'll stop or at least get a little ostracized or something, right? Because we're not just painting flowers or heads for no point, but just to, to reinforce... The, that ways of seeing lens, you know, yeah. it's like there's a 
there's responsibility out there. Look, I mean, this could get cut out too because this is going to sound dark. I don't know, or unless you guys think it's like I can, I like you know, some of my background wasn't mm-hmm. easy, mm-hmm. but a lot easier than a lot of people. Mm-hmm. And at this point, like, look at where I live. Look mm. at my shirt came from Target. It cost hardly anything. Yeah. On the backs of somebody who's getting exploited. That is dark, yeah. My cell phone. I'm looking at myself chips. now. But these chips? <laughs> these chips. Yeah, that you bought with pocket change to some degree. <laughs> this shirt. Sure this from shirt. Indonesia. So. My cell phone isn't a large part of my income, like it's access. Yeah. And yeah. if I don't, so I'm calling myself an artist, but in some ways it's off the backs of the third world. Mm-hmm. And if I'm not using mm-hmm. that responsibly, mm-hmm. then what the fuck am I doing? True. You know what I'm saying? It's like, it's like people are giving me certain things. Mm-hmm. And if I don't acknowledge that and say what that is, and if I was born a different Race a different, um, in a different culture, in a different country, mm-hmm. I wouldn't be an artist. You know what no, I'm saying? No, you would not. You have different um, things to worry about. Yeah, exactly. I would be surviving or whatever that means. Yeah. Yeah. And all these people who think they're doing such remarkable stuff, painting a pair over and over again in the copper vase. Oh, God. You're fucking You're getting close and closer to naming names. I like I like the imagery. I like the description. You 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 are you you Hey. I haven't even seen it. Let me tell you what though. You're like, oh my God. No, no, no. Sophia, I challenge that. He's not lying. I know a lot of people who you're following, and it's still privilege that gets them there. Don't give me it's that. Still, I will challenge that. It's still privilege. Whether it looks a little more abstract or a little more. <laughs> Let's examine their lives deeper. <laughs> still privilege. I don't care if they're playing with mannered forms. It's still <laughs> a lot of privilege. A lot of privilege. <laughs> I think, but you know what? I'd like to take this opportunity to say any comments from this podcast should go to Marshall's. Direct messages on Instagram. Don't Hit me bother up, me I'm with never it. it. <laughs> what do you say? He'll just be hanging. Yeah, don't bother me with it. Uh, I don't have time to go back and forth with y'all. Um, hey, it is what it is. So, Mario, I, 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 as a person and as a painter, I love you. I love you back, man. You're the we best, had a, man. We had a moment with Salma Gandhi. I was like, you got a podcast. Yeah, it's still going on. I'm, I'm doing it. <laughs> <laughs> of course you have a podcast. I'm like, I got to do it, man. We just hit it Dude. off. Thank we you so off. much for coming. Thank you so much. As usually, you you're again. so generous, oh, Wait, I'm gracious I'm and lovely and charismatic and wonderful. And thank the you. Best. <laughs> We're going to follow you, Colt. <laughs> but also, you guys are founding members. What are you talking to about? To join exactly. this podcast with the last one we recorded, the thing that you kept saying over and over again in the other one was, "It's so good that we have conversation." Yes, that we even are fucking talking about That's any it. of this. It's Courage. so beautiful and healthy, and y- yeah, talk about it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So otherwise, you just we're we're just allowing this thing to just inflate. Fester. Yeah. yeah, and just participate in it 
but not speak our minds. Yeah, exactly. Um, so at some point, um, you have to have the courage to say, you know what? I don't care about the backlash. Um, mm-hmm. This is how I, I see it. And I've seen mm-hmm. it like this for a long time. Lighten it up. Is ultramarine a warm or cool color? Ultramarine oh, blue. Oh, wow. You're going to go from... <laughs> Warm. Warm? Okay. Say say why. Give me give me a reason. Um, because there is a bit of yellow in it. Okay. Yellow. Alright, warm. Mm-hmm. Warm. Alright. Yeah. Got that. Yeah. What yes. makes a good painting in your opinion? From a from a, great a technical painting. A, what makes any, a great painting? Any, any, any answer you yeah. want. It's open. Um if if the artist is actually painting it, um, <laughs> no, 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 that's not the period. <laughs> if the artist is actually painting it um, from his soul, from the soul, from his his actual soul, like what you do. Uh, I can't <laughs> <laughs> the artist is painting I'll it like it. I paint it. <laughs> <I'll> <laughs> and then, e- even if it's not aesthetically like a Van Gogh, I, I believe he's painting a lot of that from his soul. Yeah, he's painting a lot from his soul. So it doesn't have sure. to aesthetically mm-hmm. be mm-hmm. perfect, but you painting it from there. your stomach, yeah, absolutely. It gets in the paint. It has nothing to do with what it looks like. Okay, yeah. I love yeah. that. Okay, uh, who are you currently looking at in terms of painters, getting inspiration from? Uh, I don't. You don't? I have no reason to, no. Really? Oh, that's great. Yes! <laughs> that's so great. Are you kidding one. me? <laughs> <laughs> no. That is so great. No. I used to look a lot at, at Andrew Wyatt's work, and then I, I had to close the books. Um, the more comments I heard, you, you white, what the fuck, Andrew Wyatt? And I, I was like, whether that's conscious or subconscious, um, there's something in the water. There's something to that. And I really kind of like stopped looking at it so much, so... I've heard comedians say if you go to too many comedy shows, you'll start kind of... Can't help yourself. Yeah, totally. And it's not... That's not an arrogant thing. I just want to just... My work to just... Be yourself. Yeah. Uh, this This one's funny, but it has a point in the history of the podcast. What do you think about Thomas Kincaid? Alcoholic. Alcoholic. <laughs> full was, on alcoholic. He's a full out alcoholic. Yeah, he literally was getting DUI'd. Yeah. Um, as far his paintings don't really bother me. Um, it's hard enough to make a living out here. Yeah. You got to market yourself and, and do some really dirty things um, and market it to Christians and have the lights on in the windows and uh-huh. Christmas scenes. I, it, does, I don't, it doesn't bother me. Do you think may- I don't maybe fight those kind of fights? Yeah, it doesn't bother me either. Actually, I kind of I kind of like his paintings. I have more problem with these floating heads. <laughs> yeah, yeah, me Not too. Not to I keep beating that point. <laughs> I do too, man. <laughs> that does nothing for me. I'm so sick of it. Uh, make sure you go on our website, theartgrindpodcast.com. Click the PayPal button. That's right. It's yellow. It's very yellow. It's yellow, yes. <laughs> yeah. So just go ahead and get started on there. Leave leave some money, honey. <laughs> Donate money and you will get you will get satisfaction. Enjoyment. Uh, 
out of the podcast. That feeling in your soul, knowing you did the right thing, so, knowing you've thrown away ten dollars, <laughs> <laughs> knowing you did something absurd. Uh, That's the whole satisfaction, knowing you did something very bizarre. Stand clear of the closing doors, please. Beep.